What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of All Things Super. I am one of your hosts, Potter, and I am joined by the one and only Mr. VIP, Frankie Washington. How are you doing today, sir? I am infinitely three times more awesome than I was last time you heard me say I was infinitely awesome. Times. Three times. Okay. So, so three times <laughs> and then times 10. Last episode. We're 10xing things. Last what? episode, you said you were infinitely plus infinite infinite plus right now you're three times more than infinite plus the, yeah i'm three times more than infinitely plus to the 10 10x um you know what i'm not about to try to do that math Goddamn right. <laughs> How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. Happy to be back for another wonderful episode of this See, show. There you go. It's so, so simple what you do. Yeah. It's really not. It's really not. <laughs> follow along what you're saying. For for me, they're like this guy. Yeah. It was like uh, really necessary equations. Like, I don't I don't, I don't want to have to take an SAT test just to try to figure out how he's feeling every week. Just to listen to those podcasts, right? It's like <laughs> do you just put quantum in front of everything? Yes, I'm quantumly awesome. <laughs> so it's like awesome on a micro scale. Micro apparently micro. micro. Yeah, well, from all the way down there to all the way up here is as awesome as I am. In the teeny verse. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, you mean small. I yeah. thought you meant martini. No, not martini. That works. <laughs> martini verse. Martini verse would be kind of awesome. Not gonna lie. Goddamn right. I would think everybody would be drunk <laughs> in that goddamn world. But if you don't know what this I is, know. oh my god. If you don't know what this <laughs> is, this, this is all things super. Where every week we take a piece of superpower, movie, TV show, even trailers. We watch them, we review them, we react to them, we break them down, and we answer the question, is it super? Is it? Is it? Probably. Maybe. Maybe. We'll figure it out. But Sometime. if you like that, you can subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell so you can be notified when we have new episodes that come out. If you want the audio version of the podcast, just search for All Things Super on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And if you want to join in on the conversation, just tweet at us at ATSuperPod. And we like reading the comments. And we hey, like I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to all our podcast listeners. I know we give you y'all a lot of shit telling y'all to go and listen on the actual video because we want you to see two uh, sexy young men talk about movies and TV shows. But, you know, if you just want us all in your ear, that works too. Why do you have to say like that? AMR. ASMR. ATR. That's the letters I didn't use. I don't know, man. Who's making these acronyms up? I'm going to do some the of that, that sexy create. shit for you guys. <laughs> you all have a lot of people that say that they don't consider ASMR to be sexual. It's not. It's weird. It's loud. But if you're into it, I'm into it. I'm happy for you. I'm, I love that for you. You want to see me chew on uh, candy canes? <laughs> Maybe eat some lobster bisque? I don't know. It's, it's uh, whatever. Whatever, no, no. whatever gets you there. Those are because, because I know the the videos where people are like eating food, 
Those uh, are called mukbang videos. Ooh, and I think that was a like a it started like I want to say like a, as an Asian thing. Uh, I don't know which like if it was Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, whatever. So I don't want to like get it wrong, but I know it was uh, typically uh, an Asian PC thing. Term is Asian, yeah. Um, yeah. but. I don't know if mukbang is still because like I don't know what the Venn diagram of mukbang and ASMR if they overlap if it's a you know just one circle or if it's like two distinctly different things I don't know but I remember seeing a video of this woman just had a this huge plate of like boiled seafood like so she's just cracking okay. open a lobster like chewing on the lobster okay. but it's like I find that sound. just so off-putting annoying yes it's just yeah. hearing somebody you like smack raised in my house yeah. <laughs> just, just, just smacking all of that and like no <laughs> stop that yeah you, you would have to eat outside with the chickens and the, <laughs> and the pigs and stuff you can't no, you can't bring can't that to the that. dinner table mm-hmm. that is not uh cordial at all it's just like smacking why? and slurping and yeah why is there audio a soundtrack to your appetite right. i just can't see it <laughs> Uh, whatever turns you on, if that's what you hate, mm, no. hey, bring the whip, bring them whip shots, bring them Cardi B whip shots to the bedroom and, and turn your microphone on and let it take you there. That's my uh, impersonation of the whip shot. But surprisingly, it sounds like a frother. For, yeah, it kind of uh, does. One I'm working on my espresso sound. machine. <laughs> working on it <laughs> but completely unrelated to all of that <laughs> this week we are going to we rewatched and we're going to be reviewing uh ant-man uh if you've been joining us over the last couple of weeks we are preparing ourselves to start phase five of the mcu with the first feature film ant-man and the wasp quantum mania so we're re-watching ant-man we're re-watching ant-man and the wasp to lead up to ant-man and the wasp quantum mania so this week we are reviewing ant-man which debuted which i didn't realize how long ago this was debuted in 2015 this was before they even started with the new like pre-roll of the like the avengers or the mcu like opening title scene and yeah. everything they still had like still the comic on the, comic on the comics flips. pages yeah hey let me tell you something it felt like that too in in the rewatch it felt like i had to ask myself is this phase one <laughs> it was the end so, of phase two ant-man was the last movie of phase two yeah they did ant-man wrong they did them wrong. Well, there was so? a lot going on in the end of phase one and at the end of phase two. Ant-Man is uh, a lesser known True. A-list hero. Uh, can he be considered A-list now? I mean, he did practically come out of the quantum realm and save the universe. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I would say that I would, cons- well... No, I still Damn. say I, I would still say that Ant Man is probably considered to be like a a a, a B tier Marvel superhero. Damn, I think it was high, I think he's higher now than what he was before the MCU. Is it because of his skill set? I think it's because of because... Paul Rudd. <laughs> I think that's the main reason. 
because Damn. you. Why? What's wrong with Paul? No, nothing is wrong with Paul Rudd. I'm no. You saying why is he not? Um, why he's not an A tier? Yeah. Oh, I, I think, mean, no. I, yeah, I think, going, I think he's, he's about to go up. And, I, no, let's be realistic. It's his. It's his caliber of villains. Which he's not gonna have that problem coming into Quantum Mania. He's fighting the biggest dot guy there is, mm-hmm. setting up the whole villain arc in the uh, Quantum in Multiverse Saga. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he's gonna make it out of the Quantum Realm. If not, make it out of the Quantum Realm alive. Best case scenario, I don't think he's gonna die. Twenty twenty three. I don't care about spoilers. Okay, you're here. You deal with it. Uh, I, I think he's either going to get stuck in a quantum realm or he's going to get killed. I don't think he's going to die because, again, Secret Wars, I think Marvel's, I think I think Secret Wars, we're going to try to get every last superhero squeeze on a, on a shot or somewhere along the line to make. You remember the Marvel poster? The one where it has everybody on it, like Spider-Man's in the front, Wolverine's there, X-Men are there. Like everybody's there. Yeah, but the animated, the animated, the the like a poster. Yeah, it's like Target. All all of them are like standing, like this, like a white room, white background type thing, and it's just like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Think of that and think of Secret Wars, because somewhere along the line they're gonna try to get as many characters on the screen as they possibly can. Let's 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 be honest. At the end of uh, Endgame, it was one of the most iconic shots, and we've been leading up to it since Avengers One with the cinematic spiral shot, and we we handed back to it in What If with the cinematic spiral shot, and in uh, Endgame, not Endgame, yeah, Endgame, when they decided that they're gonna go. Back in time, everyone's in the Avengers compound. They stand up. You see Cap. You see Iron Man. You see Hulk in the background. You see Thor. You see Rocket. You see everyone standing there. And it's iconic. These shots are iconic. So at some point in time, if you got a competent director that knows what they're doing, they're going to try to make this shot happen. It's iconic. It sells. You use it in promotional footage. You use it in trailers. You use it in breakdowns. It's iconic. Um, and they had that in Endgame. Right when Cap was like Avengers, mm-hmm. they showed everybody. Spider-Man was there. Doctor Strange. They showed the Wasp. Even Howard the Duck was there. I didn't see him initially. I had to be told he was there. But there was a lot going on. I didn't know. I didn't know Howard was there. But, you know, they're going to try to recreate that. But the point of what I'm saying is that's why I think that he's going to be stuck in the quantum realm versus die in the quantum realm. Or maybe he's stuck there and then Cassie has to try to get him back because I think he's going to try to... If, if they can... Here's a spoiler. Deal with it. Kane's coming out. He's getting out of the quantum realm. There's no doubt about it. If he is not out already because there's already hints that he is already out inside of Moon Knight. He had already been a part of the Egyptian culture and they're showing the other places where he's already affected time. So my prediction is he's getting out or if, if he's not out already. Also, new prediction, there has to be somebody that's going to take he who remains in this spot. We already understand that Kane is a villain. He who remains was a lesser villain of the villains. It's the best of all evils, right? He's done horrible, unspeakable things. He even told Loki and Sylvie, grow up. These are the things that need to happen to keep the timeline intact. 
If not, there's multiple mass chaos. So I had to do what I had to do to keep things in check. I think they will not return King into that prime position prediction. I think we're going to have someone that's unbiased, like the new Adam Warlock, that's going to take control of the timeline. I know, it's a lot. You're like, what? Frankie, how did you make those connections? Slowly and intricately. <laughs> <laughs> so in the rewatch of Ant-Man, I, I got the overall feeling of MCU phase one, phase two. And like you said, it's at the tail whip of phase two. This is a very different movie from what the MCU is right now. Did you feel that? I didn't see it as because this wasn't, of course, this is an origin story, so it's a lot simpler, it's a lot more contained into just what we're worried about. They're not bringing in outside of, you know, we get the the cold open at the beginning of the film where the triskeleton is being constructed, and we see the beginning, you know, the formation of Shield, and we see Hank Pym is working with Peggy Carter and Howard Stark, and. So we get this. By the way, she could do that. Well, now the age, she couldn't. Um, <laughs> but ouch. <laughs> but so we're we're getting we we have that part with the association with Shield. We have the the cameo with Anthony Mackie and Falcon and Ant Man and Falcon fighting. And other than that, that's the only like outside look that we get at anything other than just what we're focusing on with ant-man inside of the movie so I, I, i'll say it's different in that way because we're not diving as deep into the connected universe of the mcu but we're still sprinkling right. that information in there just to let everyone know that yes this is all still connected this is all happening in the same universe so i will i, I can't say that it felt different because i'm thinking about like the TV shows now, the TV shows are taking care of this because of Miss Marvel, because of Moon Knight. These were self-contained stories. We're talking about just these characters and what they're going through at the time. But we're still getting hints, nods, little Easter eggs to the larger connected Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I felt like this this formula that they've been using kind of just fit in place to what they're still doing. It's just that we're not getting many more origin stories in movies these days and they're happening more in our tv shows uh, the marvel tv shows i think everything you just said was accurate because uh, the last origin story that we saw on the big screen was the eternals yeah and, and it really that wasn't necessarily the, that wasn't really necessary in the origin story because it was more of a well, here they are now, and then let's also take a look at where they've been. But here they are now, but this is where they've been. But here they are now, and this is also where they've been. And so it's not like they're discovering their power. They're discovering their abil abilities. You know, we saw with Ant-Man, he's beginning to be Ant-Man. We saw Moon Knight, like, understanding why he's Moon Knight. Miss Marvel figuring out her power. She-Hulk trying to... Come to terms with her being a, a Hulk now. So, a hero, and a, yeah, right. Hey, I felt that it's like a slap in the face from the from the studio. It's like here's the Eternals. Here's the Eternals. They were here the whole time. I was like, wait a minute, exactly. No, dude. Okay, I, I, sorry. 
But yeah, but I mean, no, I'm saying in the sense of, of, of you're right out on that. We don't get really any origin origin stories inside of the main MCU. You're right about that. But to me, it felt like, uh, I guess that's what I mean when it felt like phase one, phase two, because it was an origin story. Mm-hmm. Not a very popular. I mean, outside, when I say not a very popular, of course, I mean out to the general public, outside of the fandom, us guys. We know who Hank. Pym is. We know who Ant-Man is. Hank Pym, the original Ant-Man, had a very flawed uh, character trait, domestic violence, abusing his wife many times, Janet Van Dyne, who was also one of the members of the Sh- of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, an Avenger. Um, he was very, very abusive to her. He had a lot of drinking problems, a lot of demons, and he was just an asshole. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you go back and look at some of the older animated series, I don't know if they're on Disney or not, their personality traits that are evident in those in his character. And I think in interesting the, enough, I think they, in the animated series Marvel Avengers Assemble, I think Janet was a member of the Avengers before Hank was. Which I think yeah. I think that's because I think that's canon in the comics. I think that Wasp was an Avenger before Hank. Yeah, because he couldn't get his shit together. He had some demons that he was dealing with. You know what I mean? And and, and I mean I feel like so, uh, around that time, most of the men in the comics they had they, you know were uh, uh not necessarily very. They they were heroes, but in their personal lives, they still had like a lot of shit. They're flawed. <laughs> yeah, very right, flawed. Yeah. Very flawed. Hey, hey, how was your day? Hey, shut up. Where's dinner? <laughs> why is it, why isn't steak <laughs> overcooked? The world. Yeah, you got what? I'll show you what to cry for. Like, whoa, what is going You're on? Like, let me go ahead and just now, that's an that page. Right there. Yeah, like, is your, would you love Spider-Man if you knew he slapped Mary Jane Hell around? No, no, absolutely not. No, I, I would not be able to tolerate that in the least. <laughs> and, and, and barely pulled his punches. It's like, oh, my God, Spider-Man, you're horrible. <laughs> like, you just put a hole in that man's face. Like, I, I understand the shock was robbing a bank, but damn, <laughs> did you have to cave his skull in? Yes, <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> Oh man! Now I'll say this: He could have stopped pulling his punches with Thanos. What would happen if Spider-Man didn't pull his punches against Thanos? Who said that he didn't, though? I mean, I feel like Peter Parker, even though it is an alien that's threatening to wipe out half existence in the universe, Thanos. I think Peter Parker would still pull his punches. Thanos is thick. I he mean, is. I don't get it twisted. They they CGI some muscles in this dude. He didn't look like he couldn't take a punch. In fact, Tony kind of welled on him, and he was like, <laughs> "All that for a drop of blood." <laughs> and I mean, you even see the Hulk got some hits in, but they still didn't have any effect on him. But I still think <laughs> that Peter is so it's like muscle memory, right? Everybody that Peter fights, especially when it comes to like common criminals, he has to pull his punches. So I think that's just ingrained in him when he's Let's fighting. Would it be a hurdle? Yeah. That is the question, though. Do you think Peter Parker pulled his punches with Thanos? Leave your comments in the comment section because he was on Titan and he did get a couple hits in, especially when Doctor Strange was portaling him from one side to another <laughs> side. Thanos looked like he could take a punch and he didn't really go down, but was he pulling his punches? Magic. Good question. That was a magic. Good question. Magic with a kick. <laughs> right? 
in the neck, and then he got slammed it right and instantly called him an insect. And it's like, oh wow, you you are Spider Man. And then just but we're talking about the other the insect villain. Yes, well, one of the <laughs> other insect, yeah, one of the other insect heroes, because there's a whole bug squad. Hey. Who else is left? I mean, you got Ant Man, you got Spider Man, you got Wasp, you got Mantis. So there's a there's a couple of uh-huh. bugged villains. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not villains, heroes. But yeah, that's I think it's just a four them. No, but yeah, that, Chris, that Christian stuff will make me look at Mantis real different. I don't know if she's a hero. <laughs> Hopping <laughs> on the wall. I'm like, terrifying. why? Why was? Why did they introduce that? I don't know. I want to talk to James Gunn just if I could ask him she one single scared. question. Just say why was why was that choice made? Because that was horrifying, and I don't blame Kevin Bacon for one second for running and screaming I, I, for his life. Would have took that leap off the roof too. I to jump right off their roof <laughs> onto like, that I, I've seen aliens I've seen species this thing is about to and Spider-Man had the same reaction please don't lay an egg in me <laughs> right she is terrifying oh my god and this creepy those eyes get wide and those little antennas just like oh my god yeah spray with rape <laughs> but Ant- <laughs> Ant-Man criminal established this early first scene he's in in jail, mm-hmm. fighting a guy that he's unable to knock out. And again, this is a goodbye ritual. We get to meet Paul Rudd in the role that he was destined to play. Uh, he's getting out of jail, and immediately he is establishing with Luis, his friend, who picks him up out from jail and says, I'm not going back to jail. Mm-hmm. Done with that. We don't really get to see how long he's been in jail or talk about it, but it'll be interesting if they ever recon that. And says that something happened in jail. Again, we like to loop these movies and time into each other. You'll see. Trust me, they're doing they're doing it with Aim and Tony Stark and Modoc. Um, so he's now out of jail, staying with his friend, uh, wants to go see his daughter because he has a daughter. Obviously, he went to jail for a while. Uh after she was born because she knows who her father is. Mm -hmm. So I would say sometime shortly thereafter, he did the crime of robbing, uh, basically being Robin Hood, uh, taking millions of dollars and giving it back to the people after it was wrongfully stole from. So he's a good guy with a, I mean, a bad guy with a heart of gold. So great establishment of who the character was. We had quick dialogue saying that, you know, he's a, engineer he has a master's in engineering so when we see him tinkering on on the ant-man suit we understand that he knows what he's doing not as smart as hank pym i think we'd like to not give hank pym the acknowledgement of him being a genius as well Mm -hmm. Uh, but he he definitely is in the same conversation if you want to talk about intelligence as a tony stark uh re-watching it i didn't pay attention to when Hank was opening up his work area, his workstation, he pressed glass. Yeah. Just regular glass, mm-hmm. and there, there was a code inside the glass. I was like, they don't give Hank Pym enough credit for being intelligent. Right. I mean, the guy is, he used magnetic waves to communicate with ants, to make him do what he wants to do. This is, this is tech. I was thinking about it, even when Darren Cross created his, his shrinking suit, he still didn't have the ability to control ants. No. He can't control ants. He's not the ant man. He's a yellow jacket guy. 
He can't control yellow and jackets. Don't he <laughs> at all. Don't he yes, has thrown if he could. In his, if yes. he could. I know that there are like mm-hmm. hundreds of species of ants and you have the variations of what, you know, the what different ants can do different things. Still, if you had a villain who control yellow jackets, yellow jackets are horrifying. They are painful. If you had a swarm of yellow jackets coming after you, he he could basically do oh anything that he wanted to do if he could control yellow jackets. More so. More so so. So we got a great establishment of who Ant Man is, the character himself. Well, <clears throat> Paul Rudd. Well, yeah, uh Scott Lang. Scott Lang. All right. Staying with his friend, goes to see his daughter. Uh, wants to be a part of his daughter's life, realize that his ex has moved on with uh, a detective sergeant, detective. I think, yeah, he's, a, I think he's a detective. Detective he's, 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 in the he's, police. He's a plain clothes cop, so I, I figure he's a detective. Either that or he had a lot of off days. But yeah, yeah, he was a de- detective. And uh, wants to see his daughter. They won't let him see his daughter, which is interesting that he stood up and he was like, Dude, you don't pay child support. You're not around. And it's like all this judgment. Like, for what? So clearly there's a little bias. I think he wasn't getting none from Mrs. Lang or whatever, you know, Scott's ex is. So he was probably just upset. You know how it is when you go on a dry spell. You just get grumpy. So that had nothing to do with Scott. Before we move past that, I felt like that... Now, I've I've never been in a relationship with someone who got arrested and went to jail. But I feel like the reasoning... You should try behind, it. No, I don't want to try <laughs> it's it. not as bad as you think. <laughs> I don't want to try um, But I feel like... Super judgy! The, the animosity and hostility that both of them held towards Scott, I felt like, to me personally, I felt like it was unfounded. Because I could see if it was... Something that Scott had done, which was stupid and reckless and just like very criminal. Um, but I right, you you would think like they know what he did. Right, they know what he did. They know what he went to jail for. But I feel like they could have shown him some kind of compassion. Like, yeah, it's hard getting a job after you you know you have a criminal record. And so yeah, I haven't paid child support, but you understand. Like he told he told um. Paxton. When was he gonna pay it? Right. He's like, jail? I just got out. <laughs> but he he told back he right. was like, you know, I'm I'm trying to get he's like I'm trying to find work, but it's hard, you know, when you have a record. You know that. You're a cop. You know how hard it is for criminals to get a job after they get out. You know why a lot of criminals exactly. fall back to crime after they get out of jail because they can't catch a break. So they go back to the easy thing. But the way that they were like, you're not welcome around here. You were, you know, like you're such a horrible person. It was like, no, he was working for a company. The company was robbing people and he Thank got you. fired because he brought it to everybody's attention. And so he was like, well, Thank I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to get these people their money back. He got caught. He went to jail. And I feel like after he got out, it was like, okay, not getting an invitation to his daughter's birthday party. So so wrong. It's, so I just wrong. I just felt like that that was like I felt like all of that was just unfounded. I was like he's still a good. These dude. are the villains of the story, right? He's not a <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not a, he's not a murderer. He's not like a cannibal. He's not a serial killer. He's like 
He didn't he kidnap anybody. He just tried to mind. make sure these people that got their money stolen from him got their money back. And oh, you're a horrible. I'm never letting you see your daughter again until you pay child support and get a job, get a place, get an apartment. Then we can talk about visitation. And, like, damn. And let's be honest. The first thing the man did when he he got out of uh, a jail. Was get a job. A job. He was fighting <laughs> robbers, and he was working the job. He was showing up. He, you know, clearly he was there. I even helping idiots that's ordering burgers at Baskin Robbins. So, like, dude, I he, didn't. The names outside the building. I didn't realize. Over. I didn't realize uh, upon first watch because you know, of course, when it came out, I went saw it in theaters and I watched it a couple times after that. I never realized that Paul Rudd was a writer on the movie. He's he's a writer on Ant-Man, he's a writer on Ant-Man and the Wasp. And now that I know that he's a writer, or he was one of the writers uh, that helped write the screenplay for the movie, the jokes make a lot more sense now. Like, I can understand where the humor is coming from. But the dude standing at the counter at Baskin is like, uh, yeah, I'll just get a burger. He's like, well, we serve ice cream. He's like, mm, what about a pretzel? Right. You know, like a hot pretzel with mustard? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I just have whatever's hot and fresh. Like, he's like, can you can you help this idiot? Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of both of those words are not here. But then it, it, it just <laughs> But then it goes all the way into because you can see that Scott as a character has only so much patience for that because we saw in Endgame when he's taking pictures of the kids with the Hulk and he was like, you don't want a picture with me? I'm at man. And they were like, uh, you know, kind of unsure about it. He's like, nah, he doesn't want it. He doesn't care. Take the goddamn yeah. phone. <laughs> so yeah, he's like, he, get, he, gets to that, he gets to that <laughs> limit. And he's like, you know what? I'm done with this. Take the goddamn phone. Get out of my face. True Scott Lang. It's oh, true man. to the character. Exactly. So they said, so they sit him in the back and they let him know that, you know, Baskin, Baskin Robbins, Robbins always finds out. out. Wouldn't it be so funny if Baskin Robbins is a front for like Hydra or something later on down the line? I don't know. They, they, we, we saw in, we saw in, uh, in the Quantum Mania trailer, they, they call him back now that he's helped save the world. And he was the employee of, what did he say, employee of the century or something like that was on the plaque? It fits. It tracks. And but, then I noticed too. He had Jack on his uh, name tag, yeah. which his name's not Jack, it's Scott. Right. So he really, really tried to be, you know, somebody else. Right. He, he was like, I know they're the not right going to, if they know who I am, I know they're not going to hire me. And we were talking about this before we started recording. We we're talking about, you know, adults working in like fast food and like retail jobs that are typically meant for teenagers. So it's like you, like he said to Louise when they were driving away from the prison, I have a master's in computer engineering or electrical engineering. I'm going to be fine. But it's like your degree doesn't mean anything when you have a record. So nobody in any corporation wants to hire an ex-con. So especially for what he did, right? So, I mean, exactly. You think about it, corporate-wise. If we have any secrets, this guy can literally expose us right. to the vast. And nobody wants that. And mostly, especially like your your big Fortune 500 companies, a lot of them have things that they don't want coming out into the light. We don't, we don't, we don't know anything. <laughs> I know nothing. We don't talk about Fortune 500. <laughs> I, no, see, no, I, didn't, no, I didn't name, no. I didn't name anybody in particular. So, you know, 
but yeah so and even after that you know and louise was talking about you know we got a score we got this thing he was still like no no i'm not going back to crime i'm gonna figure something out and then he did all of this and he was sitting in a he was sitting in the van after he left uh cassie's party he's like figuring out how much for for rent how much you know for child support you know and all this other kind of stuff how long would it take before i could save up enough and like get like out of her rears and child supports back on track before you could see cassie yeah. and it wasn't until then yeah. he was like well damn i'm never gonna make this amount of money did you see what he wrote down i know they're in san francisco but it was like first month's last month's rent $2,100 for first month rent, $2,100 for last month's rent. And you think he's yeah. probably looking at like maybe a one bedroom, two bedroom apartment because it's just him, but $2,100? Yeah, he's actually playing, staying in somewhere that's not realistic for the Bay Area. So uh, clearly Marvel didn't do their research on what the rent is. And this was in, in 2015 Frank. too. That that was uh, still not accurate. This is that that that, that amount will probably get you a garage and uh, the uh, bathroom is probably outside, like an outhouse. So, and you're sharing that garage with three other people. That's the only way that's that's that going to add up. That 2100 is your portion of the rent, probably with that's staying with the rest of staying with the rest of the crew, staying with Louise. Right. <laughs> and and. Well, uh, listen, uh, that... Kurt and Kurt and uh, Dave. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Dave. Dave. <laughs> so was not ready for that. Yeah. The jokes landed so hard in this one. Yeah, because Ant Man Scott Lang was trying to do what he needed to do to see his daughter, because his ex came out and said, you know, get a job, get child support, pay child support. Then we could possibly talk about visitation. Right. It's like as absurd as all of that is, because. Even if you're not doing these things, you should still not be denied of seeing your child. Let your child make their own decisions about the the, the quality and caliber of you are as a father. Clearly, she loves her father. He was a hero. Right. They have a connection and a bond. You could tell when he got her this hideous, ugly rabbit, and she <laughs> it's loved so it. So ugly. I love it. And, and clearly, he, he's it. not a danger to the child, which is one of the most important things. He showed up, he's present, he's at the birthday party, and y'all are trying to shun him because he did the right thing by other people. Mm-hmm. Y'all the villain of this story. Exactly. I'm trying to tell you right now. So realizing that he's not going to make enough, he doesn't have a job uh, prospect, you know, he doesn't want to go back to crime, but now he's intrigued because he needs to make some money, right? He needs right. to find a place, he needs to figure some stuff out, and maybe get enough money from this score that he can float until he's able to, you know, level out his situation. So he's asking Luis for the details. One of the most comical things in the Ant-Man series, I'm disappointed that they don't have it in Quantum Mania. I don't think we're getting a return of Luis, Dave, and uh, the other guy, Kurt. I, I know um, Dave for sure. T.I. is not coming back with Quantum Mania. I don't know about Luis and Kurt. Yeah, I can't see him, because I think the majority of the movie happens in the Quantum Realm. Yeah. Unless we see them like at the very beginning or at the very end for like some kind of reunion thing. But, um, but yeah, Michael Pena, and I was thinking about this because I've seen Michael Pena and what was that shooter with Mark Wahlberg and how he's such a different, like a, a, of course, a much more serious character. He's working as a CIA agent, you know, and you know, um, Bobby Swagger, 
Mark Wahlberg's character. You know, like enlist him to help. Uh, who's manning the character? <laughs> I don't know. So as soon as you say that, I just wanted to hit an old spice with. <laughs> But um, but no, just the, the the range that Michael Pena has because he he plays goofy, he plays silly, he plays funny, but then he can also play like really serious and really committed, yeah. and it just is. Yeah, I seen him in Toy Explorer. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it's just it. He the dude the dude's uh he, he's very talented. He's very talented. I like Michael Pena as an actor, but he Luis is just. No one, I don't, I can't see anybody else playing Louise unless it was like a, a younger, like Peach Marin or something like that. That's probably the only other. And I don't know if like maybe he had like drew some inspiration from Cheech, uh, but I felt like that was kind of like in that realm of that kind of comedy. Right. Because it's just the flashback storyboard sequence of uh, how we came to those events. And he he's voicing over everyone's <laughs> Yeah, creates stupid fun. <laughs> and then they threw Stanley in as a cameo. It's mm-hmm. like very unexpected. So clearly, clearly the magic, obviously, because it went back to it in, in uh the sequel. Right. We won't probably get it in the third one, but it's it's okay. We it's not there, so we can miss it. And then if they come back with an Ant-Man 4, then we can get it again. Right. Um, I will say this. Going into Quantumania, after rewatching Ant-Man, a lot of Quantumania makes sense now. So Ant-Man's reasoning for even helping Kane is a more compelling reason now after watching the first one. So I think right. they really went back and looked at and, and analyzed the first Ant-Man the time that he was in prison, again, we didn't establish how much time he was in prison. Mm-hmm. The five years that he was gone, that it felt like five hours, or still five years, he didn't get time with his daughter as well. Right. Now he can comes you, back. Can you imagine, though? Can you imagine being just like in a coma or whatever, whatever for whatever reason that you're unconscious? And what do you think? what you thought was five hours or what felt like five hours to you, you wake up and it's been five years and my everything. Cause just us living through time sequentially as we do now, and we can look back here. We are in 2023. We look at back at 2018 and we can see how much stuff has changed, but we were in that progression of it. But to close your eyes and then open them again and then have that five years change, just like how much of a just a mind trip is that? And it's like it, it's a it's mind trip now, even though we live crazy. through it. You right. and I were just talking about it, having the convenience of to call in and make your groceries and go into the store and pick it up. Right. Or or having delivery come from a non-traditional delivery guy. Mm-hmm. Just like, this in guy the car pulls up. <laughs> right. Just pulls up and he's bringing my food. You don't have a uniform on? Do you even work for that company? Nope, I'm third party. Right. Okay. <laughs> it would be trippy unless you kind of live through the progression of it. Like mm-hmm. your cell phone now could do way more than your flip phone could. Telecom. Uh, than, than it could five years ago. That's for my my visuals, so everybody can know. <laughs> I got a water grenade. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, if you're on the audio, but you're like, what? 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 I did something weird with my hands with the telecon from uh, Wakanda and 
forever. I'm giving them context. This is why they need to go to the video <laughs> versus the audio. Anyway, so what I'm saying is yeah, it will be disjoint if you didn't live through it. So his motivations are much more clear now because he's lost not just the five years, but tack on whatever time he was in prison. Right. I mean, how old was Cassie? How old did she turn? I'm just trying to get an estimate of much, how much time uh, he might have got. In the movie, they don't, of course, they don't, uh, they don't say it. But I want to say she had to be like maybe six or seven. She couldn't have been that old. She was still a little kid. Yeah, but he, she knew who he was. Yeah. So you gotta say you know who he is around. What she still had that childlike innocence. So. Maybe three? Yeah, I would four? say probably about three or four. So he probably spent a three couple four, years so in jail. Like five, six, seven, maybe two or three years. Yeah. On top of the five years. Right. So eight years. Oh my, you barely was in this kid's life. Mm-hmm. And Which especially, especially those five yeah. years that he was, you know, from the blip, because it was like that, uh, those formative years. Like, because right when we saw Cassie, when he got out of the quantum realm, she had to be like, 14, 15 at that point. Right. So it's like you're missing a big chunk. Golden years. Right. Yeah. And again, as they showed on his phone in the trailer for Quantum Mania, Cassie was still a kid. He still had the child photo. Mm-hmm. It's not to say he couldn't have changed it, but this is when he knew her most. Right. When you get to be a teenager, you're, you're rebellious, you're, you know, you're going through your own stuff, trying to find your own way probably there's a distance or, you know, an appreciation for your father not being there. Mm-hmm. The man just wants time. And the whole purpose Ooh, of me saying this imagine... is I understand his motivations in Quantumania more now. Can I imagine what? Can you imagine I, if, I they, if, if, they, if they hit him with that, oh, well, he doesn't have a relationship with Cassie now because, like, she resents him for not being there for, like, those That's five horrible. years or whatever. That, that'll be rough. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like that. It's, <laughs> it seems like Cassie has a, a pretty good relationship with Scott. We saw at the end of Endgame when all of the families were together, we saw Scott, Hope, and Cassie kind of just sitting on the porch watching fireworks and stuff. So it seems like they have a, a, a close relationship. So I hope it's not, like, I hope there's not any resentment because, of course, it wasn't his fault. He got stuck in a quantum right. realm. And we don't know if he right. didn't get stuck in a quantum realm. He could have got snapped away. This is true, too. And at the same time, why was he in the quantum realm? He was getting quantum energy to help ghosts. Right. It's not like he was going there to be so, oh, I'm just going to hang out in the quantum realm because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I do on the weekends. He's actually went in there with a purpose of actually helping somebody and got caught and trapped inside. Right. Sucks. Sucks. So they really don't like Scott <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's why because, because he got stuck in the quantum realm between Ant-Man and the Wasp and coming out in Endgame that's why I don't think that they're going to stick him back in there and get him stuck again in Quantum Mania because I feel like they've already been there and then I don't think he's going to die either but I don't know what is I think he's going to he's going to get beat by Kang that's not a question. That's going to happen. But so I you think, think they both get out. Yeah, I think they both get out. But I think that he, Scott gets out so he can warn the rest of the Avengers or whoever else is available because we've Ooh. already talked. We because it, it, we've already talked about like right now we really don't have Avengers. We have the Thunderbolts. They have their own team we that's do. forming. We have we do have an Avengers. 
Who? We do. Who? You have the new Captain America. Right. Sam Wilson. Okay. So if you have a captain, you have some Avengers because you got to have a leader. You got to have the captain. The captain's right. a leader. Okay. So who has he been in contact with that where he can call up the Avengers if they have an Ultron level threat? Give me a second. <laughs> Hulk is still here. He has a son, but he's here. Right. He can call Hulk. Plus, he's he's smart Hulk now. So there's no way that he doesn't have contact with that. And wait a minute. Shield's not gone. Sword is here. So there's still that communication. Sword there's is still in space. Theory. Yeah, but they're just looking at the earth overall yeah but i don't think that sam has a direct line to nick fury uh nick fury calls you you don't call nick that's how that works well like I, a don't, situation. I don't think Jay-Z that call you yeah but call i don't think that because as far as sam knows i think no because sam was at the funeral and nick was at the funeral too so sam knows that nick is a lot very, very well and no, then you was, still have because no, that was uh, at the end of Winter Soldier when Nick Fury was like when they were saying goodbye at his grave. Was Sam there? Because I know Steve and Natasha were there. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Okay. He said, "If anybody's looking for me, I'm tell them I'm right okay. here." So yeah, so you know that Nick Fury was alive. Sam came right there. So yeah. Oh, uh, and then you have, and then you have. Uh, you still got the whole Ant-Man squad, right? You got Hank, you got Janet, you got Hope, and you have Cassie, even though you don't want to say they're Avengers. Okay, that's fine. You still have uh who was I gonna say that that's in there? Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count Moon Knight because no. you don't know anything about None Moon Knight. None of these new phase four characters from the TV shows are Avengers. We have Sean Chi. Chang Chi, Wong knows yeah, about Chang Chi, Hulk knows about Chang Chi, Captain Marvel knows about Chang Chi. I don't know if Falcon. And does. you also have Captain Marvel. Well, Falcon knows uh, Bruce, right? Did Falcon go back in time? No, Falcon didn't go back in time. Falcon got dusted. He sure did. Yeah, but he even though he came back. A lot of stuff happened off screen. So let's yeah. realistically <laughs> look I'm at saying. the Avengers. Let's realistically look at who can stop Kang. Okay, so he no, has... That's not true. There's some Avengers left. There that can is stop Sam. Kang. No, I understand that oh, there well. are some Avengers left, but if what I'm saying is that... What I'm, what I'm saying is that if... My theory is that Ant-Man gets out of the quantum realm solely to serve as... Because just the, the the same way in First Endgame, of all, to see to see Ant Man and Falcon connect again is going to be epic. Yeah, because of course they they're going to go back. They're going to go back to the first time that they encountered each other. Um, but just as when Ant Man was, he served as the sort of the vehicle to push forward the plot in Endgame to get them to the idea of time travel. I think that he's also going to serve as the now notification, just as Bruce did when he said, that, oh, Thanos is coming. Now we have Ant-Man right. telling the Avengers, oh, Kang is coming. Well, Loki's already doing that. But, but he's Loki's still in, stuck in the TVA. This is true. And we got War Machine. 
So if we got War Machine, that connection, I feel like we did the red yarn connecting the dots here. We got War Machine, that opens up to uh to Riri Williams because Armor Wars is coming. We're going to have to see that connection. And then we got Wakanda, uh, Dora Milaje. They're not technically Avengers, but mm-hmm. they were right there on the line. We already had that conversation. When you said Avengers, who was there? Was no, I mean, everybody Avengers. was there. Everybody was there. But I'm just saying that... <laughs> I don't see because in order for us as an audience to be able to progress the story, to see the connection of these movies into going into the new secret wars and then Kang dynasty, somebody has to kick it off and it's either going to be Kang kicking it off or it's going to be Ant-Man kicking it off. And at some point Ant-Man is going to, whether just don't see them ending two movies in a row with him being stuck in the quantum realm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it. There's some Avengers left. They're, they're scattered. No, they're scattered. I, I, I understand that, but they that's why they, they're there. scattered. They're just there because I feel like Sam and Rhodey are probably the two Avengers. If if Bucky's going off doing his Thunderbolts thing and he's not considering, if he's not considering himself part of the Avengers, not saying that Bucky is an Avenger. If he's not considering himself to be part of the Avengers, then it's Sam and Rhodey. Basically, that's your front line. They know Spider Man. They They know Spider Man. They don't know who Peter Parker is. I don't think they before Far From Home. I don't think the only people that knew Peter Parker was Doctor Strange and Iron Man. Yeah, Doctor well, Strange is still until he introduced himself to Carol in Endgame. Yeah, but she shouldn't know who he is. No, she's not going to know who he is. But, be but I'm just saying that it was a better. it was a small it was a very small group of Avengers who knew that Peter Parker was Spider Man. So, you got the Dora Milaje. You got. Captain Marvel, you got Rhodey as the War Machine mm-hmm. or Iron Patriot or whoever he's going to portray. He went back got to War Hulk, and I'm pretty sure you're going to have Scar in there right now off screen. You got Hulk probably training Scar and they're fighting. Uh, you got uh, She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say Titania. Well, please don't throw her in there. I don't know why <laughs> you would even mention her. I was thinking about that long, 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 long ass kick, and I was like, "She's probably kicking now to get to the destination." She's back to the dentist to get her veneers touched up. Oh wow, that's why that was on my list. Of, oh, anyway, anyway, so back to Ant-Man. has to take the job. He asks for the for the facts. We get the the comedy sequence of explaining how we got to this information. Now, keep in mind, they don't know what's in this safe. They just think it's so valuable. They just know it's a big right? safe, right? And he does the most genius thing, which is you know steal fingerprints off a doorknob. It's funny how he would think that the thumb would be there versus here versus whatever for the sake of the movie. We got a fingerprint. No, I mean if we made them. depending on how you're reaching for a door. I mean, I can see if you're reaching underhanded with your left hand or you're reaching overhanded with your right hand, it could be. I mean, that makes sense where you got it from. If you reach an overhand with your right hand, it's kind of about where the thumb would be. Yeah. Of of course, you know, movie magic, there's no way that he would have got it first try. (laughs) I know, Nick, you did the same thing with the tape, right? True. 
So engineering, I guess. <laughs> the point is he got the thumbprint, made a mold of it, use that to open the door and then use some genius uh, engineering to freeze the door open uh, to a point that it explodes. Uh, it's interesting that he did put a, a air mattress down to catch the door mm -hmm. versus letting it just hit the ground. Cause he's a considerate thief, but it know? still made a noise. It still made a noise anyway. It still, I guess, yeah, well, maybe it would not have. Been, it wasn't as loud as it would have been if he didn't have the air mattress on the floor. But it still made a big clang when he hit the ground. Inside, we get the most realistic uh, interpretation that you could possibly get for the Ant Man suit. Shout out to the uh, costume team. If you guys seen the original Ant Man costume, it is weird. There's a throwback inside of the end game where the helmet sits on Hank Pym's workshelf when they mm -hmm. de-age Michael Douglas. I don't think we give Michael Douglas enough credit in this movie. He actually carried this movie very well, very well. Uh, Told the emotions. I actually, in this rewatch, was getting kind of choked up because you knew what he was saying when he was saying it and why he didn't tell his mom, his daughter about what happened to her mother and dealing with the fact that he lost her and not want to accept the fact that he could potentially, uh, actually accepting the fact that he could potentially lose her and not want her to be in the suit. And having her be rageful and vengeful, his daughter, Hope, because she's more than capable of putting on the suit and getting it done, but he does not want that to happen with her. And that's the beast story in this story that makes sense. And it's not until Paul Rudd's Ant-Man, Scott Lang explains to her that he's invincible, uh, not invincible, he's, uh, uh, in what's the word that I'm using? Expendable. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to lose you. He right. doesn't want to take the opportunity to lose you. And even though they're saying, when I first watched it, Hank was saying, I can't wear the suit because it took a toll on me. Because they say, if you try to use the suit without the helmet, it messes with your mind. I don't think that was the situation with Hank. I think the situation of him losing his wife is the toll that it took on him. And I didn't catch that the first time. It was not upon a re until a rewatch. I was like, that's what you potentially mean, because I still could be wrong. So I love the fact that they're saying true to Scott's character. You're a thief, right? Mm -hmm. you, you went in there and, and you went, you opened it up and you saw a motorcycle suit. What else could it possibly be? You see this weird looking helmet all leather kind of motorcycle-ish thing. And he was like, okay, this is all I see in here that's probably worth something. I'm going to take that. Gets it. Can't make heads or tails out of it like anybody would do. He tries it on. Just to kind of, hey, what's this thing about, you know? Right. And But Most the thing about it, weirdest... what, I, what I do appreciate is that you saw that he was, he before he put it on, he took it apart. And he was like kind of checking it. He had like his little electric meters or whatever, I guess, to make sure that it wouldn't booby trapped or it wouldn't electrocute him if he put it on or anything like that. So we see that, and I don't think we get to see a lot of this in the in the sequel, but we get to see Ant Man's. We get to see Scott's intelligence. We get He's to see. We get to see that master's degree at work. We get to see him actually being smart. He's not just the comic relief. He's just not you know a, a you know a, a bumbling kind of clumsy type of smart. No, he's not yeah. Hank Pym smart, but he's he is very intelligent. And we also don't get to see um there's a lot of a lot of running 
in this movie for Ant-Man. We get to see it, especially during yeah, his yeah, training. Yeah. Of course, because you're smaller, you have to overcome a, a, a greater distance. So there's a lot of running for Ant-Man. And so I guess because we saw in Civil War, of course, well, we got to see in Ant-Man and the Walls too, but that he beca- he can become big now. So he doesn't have to do as much running. But the athleticism that Scott has, because we saw him like hopping over the fence. We saw him climbing yeah, up the side of the house. Chance, yeah, right? we saw him like, you know, running through the the uh the tunnels and the and the ant mounds and stuff like that. We saw him like running and sliding across the car when he was running across the model when he was small. So we see that Ant Man is not only smart, but he's agile, he's athletic. We see him when he's fighting hope. We saw him when he was fighting uh, Falcon, how he did like the Black Widow, like triangle Huracanana choke. Well, and then, that's more of a wasp Huracanana well, choke. I mean, when, she, when he did it, she was looking like, oh, he learned my yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Black Widow did it first in Iron Man too. I'm just saying. But he did uh, learn it, he did learn uh, it from uh, Hope. I'm thinking if it was a Black Widow versus wasp type of fight, Black Widow on top. I think Black Widow. Oh, wear. let's just go ahead and leave your comments in the comment <laughs> section because that's something that I would like to know. Team Black Widow or Team Wasp? Who do you think will win, Natasha Romanoff or Hope Van Dyke? Hmm. Hmm. Hope has the advantage. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Does she? Did you not Natasha see Natasha was an assassin? Did she not just flip? Did he flip Natasha in Civil War? You saw that, right? Who they flipped fought. Natasha? Uh, Ant-Man did. Flipped her. Flipped her. Like a pancake. Other side. Go back and watch. All right, so Ant-Man's learned that. his abilities, and yes, without any super soldier serum, he's very agile. He has the ability to slide across cars, models. Hey, here's something that we're not giving this movie credit for. They spent a lot of time in detail on this shrinking aspect ideas. The sequences look great, even though in the rewatch, I realized it's a shorter amount of time than what I initially thought it was. Uh, he's in the tub. He gets washed out of the tub, falls through a crack in the floor, goes down to the club. Why lands is on a, a, there's a random club in the of an apartment building? I don't know. Makes no sense. None at all. <laughs> but it's in the middle show. of the day, too. This was literally the middle <laughs> of the day, and this is just this nightclub, this this rave going off on the second, on, on the sec, on like the second or third floor in his building. We saw that when he came back, there was a line outside the door. This is like, now what kind of place is this? <laughs> hey. With with that type of rent, that's what you get. <laughs> you barely making it. You might be staying behind a bakery. You never know. Um, and I doubt that he would have made that on that uh, Baskin Robbins uh, salary either. No, not so at all. He was, not at all. He was already in the hole. So I think there was a lot of detail that went into the shrinking. It wasn't like okay, he shrunk and did you know. A lot of the shrinking uh, aspects was cool and entertaining to watch. Yeah. So. And at the same time, we got Hank doing the voiceover and the narration inside the suit. There's communication inside the suit. So it's interesting because you need that. If not, you're lost in this world and you don't know really what's going on. You have a honey, I shrunk the kids type of situation. You actually have somebody talking in your ear, guiding you, saying, hey, this is trial by water. This is I just want to see what you're capable of. 
you know, and at the same time, Hank was bringing him to the house. It was too much for Ant-Man. He collapsed. He passes out. And then Anthony, which wasn't deemed Anthony at the time, catches him. We don't get to see it, but he catches him and he wakes up in the house, which right. we have Hope standing there watching him, which I don't know if that was sexy or, or terrifying because she was just, she was standing there, but she I had mean, like a, She was standing there, but she was on the like phone. Yeah, but she was playing Sims or Candy Crush or something. She clearly wasn't watching them the whole time. No. She might have been on. She might have was looking for our show. It didn't exist it didn't yet. Exist I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure in the multiverse it existed somewhere. <laughs> Bottom line is we now get a cool shot of these other ants, and he has to step through these other ants, which, again, I think Hank was trying to control as well because if you notice – they spread out every time he made a step. Mm-hmm. And it's realistic. What was realistic about this, they tried to go on with the story, but us as an audience, even though we know what was going on, who are you? Who is she? What is going on? Right. <laughs> like, what, what? what is this? What? Like, you know, we, we're talking like, okay, it's all cool, but we really haven't had that explanation about what's going on. I wasn't just supposed to agree with this and be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> Whose pajamas are these? <laughs> Real questions. Like, who took my clothes off? Who clothes am I wearing? Where am I? Right. That's that's what grounded it for me, and I re- I, I love that aspect of it. But no, it, it's just, it, it's, it, I felt like this movie on the rewatch because you look at where we are right now in MCU and all of the blockbusters that we've had, Infinity War and Endgame, you know, and all these other kind of stuff. Civil War, you know, bringing Spider-Man into the MCU. And because of all of the blockbuster movies that we've gotten since Ant-Man premiered, Ant-Man just slowly got pushed down the list just because there were so many bigger movies that came out afterwards. And it's not to say that Ant-Man is a bad movie, it's just that people tend to forget about it just because of everything else that has been focused on on the larger scale of the MCU. But I I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie. It, it, the, the, the comedy was on point. The action was, I, I, even though there's like not a whole lot of action, so it's not like an action-packed movie, you still have a, a good balance of action and comedy because it's not like joke, 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 joke. Everything's got to be funny. But for those moments, like when... There you talk about right, uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder this way. Listen, I, I have said my piece multiple times on how much I hate it, how many jokes they try to force into that movie. But it's like the, the scene where, the scene where Hank is telling Hope about his mom and what happened, and they're finally getting to the truth of how Janet died or how Janet disappeared, because of course we find out later that Janet isn't dead. Um, but they, like you said, Michael Douglas, bringing the emotion. Um... And I forget the actress's name that played Hope. Uh, Evangeline Lilly. Evangeline Lilly. Bringing the emotion. Like, tears. Like, you can see the the tears on both of them. Like, they feel like, why couldn't you just tell me the truth? Like, why couldn't you tell me that? I was trying to protect you. And so Hope was like, yes, I understand that. I'm sorry. Whereas, you know, almost any other situation where you get the parent is like, oh, I'm just trying to protect you. And they're like, 
so like hurt and angry it was like well if you would have just told me then i could have had all of this time to be able to process it rather than now i'm just fighting out but like my mother was a hero my mother was a a, a super power person and she, she died an saving oh, she people um right but then so they have that moment and then scott's like this is great this is great. You guys are healing. Mm -hmm. You're you're having a breakthrough. And I ruined the moment, didn't I? It's like, yes, you ruined the moment. I'm going to go make some tea. <laughs> and it's just like, just small, subtle yep. stuff like that. It's just, it, it, it's, it's slight comedy, but it's so funny because you know that, I feel like everybody knows that one person where it's a serious situation and they just ruin the moment because it's not like they're trying to be funny, but just because of the person that they are, it's like, bro, it's like, really? It's like, all you had to do is just shut up for like two minutes and we would have been fine. And, but he's like, I'm gonna go make some tea, <laughs> you know, and it's just all of that stuff and seeing the relationship build between Scott and, and Hope. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, I don't believe this relationship. There's no chemistry between them. I feel like there's a lot of chemistry between them because when we, like you said, when we get that scene where Scott, uh, well, when Hope is taking the, the and control thing because Scott just can't do it. And she has like this almost Scarlet Witch villain kind of moment where she's like, so yeah. emotional to where she's calling all of the ants coming in, they coming over the light They're and starting to get on a dark. Window. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Like she's like, I'm about to kill everybody in this room about. with these ants. And like where Hank had to snap her out of it was like, hope, stop, <laughs> you know. And so Scott goes and chases her in a car, and we have that moment between them where. Scott's trying to get Hope to understand why it is that he doesn't want her, well, why it is Hank doesn't want her to do it. And so Hope is telling her, Hope is telling Scott, you know, when my mom died, you know, he wasn't even there, not in the way that the father should be there. I didn't know that you had a daughter before I called the cops on you. It's like, we get to see those wall, Hope's walls breaking down and her getting to know mm -hmm. Scott a little bit more, but she's also allowing herself to be known a little bit more and tell Scott the things that she's been through. And so, like you said, Scott's like he's telling he's he's not allowing you to do this because he loves you. He cares about you. I'm here because I'm expendable. I can do the job, but if it goes wrong, then and I get caught and I get killed, that's no sweat off of, of Hank's back because he would rather lose this fight than lose you. And so then we see hope soften up the sky and it's like, you have to clear your mind. You have to be direct. You have to be focused. You have to be clear on what you want the ants to do. And so we see that relationship between the two of them turn around and to the point to where she cares about him when he's going to the Avengers compound. <laughs> he's jumping out the, he's jumping out the plane. Hank, you son of a bitch. I thought you said this was an abandoned warehouse. Big ass Avengers A on the top of it. And then they all, all they had to do was play the Avengers Interesting. That would have made it a new phase right there. Yeah. And so here's my thing about it. It's like, Hank knew from however long ago that this was an abandoned shield base or whatever, or abandoned shield warehouse. Did he not? Because Google Maps was a thing in 2015. He could have easily yeah, researched... He had schematics, he had but it was old yeah. schematics, so it was of the warehouse. So did you not think to check up on that, update that at any point in time? And you just thought, oh, there was oh. a warehouse, it's going to be a warehouse. It was abandoned. Yeah, it's like Camp 
Lehigh, you know, you was thinking that, you know, nobody's there. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, Hydra's uh, Megamind, uh, Zoloft has the algorithm. <laughs> Megamind? Did <down> <laughs> you call him Zoloft? That's, his, that's not his name? No, it's Zola, Arnim Zola. They don't call him Zoloft as a nickname? <laughs> no, I seriously doubt they call him Zoloft. <laughs> Well, that's an opportunity missed. Okay, Ooh, so man goes to the medication for depression. It makes sense I think. Now. If you was trapped in a server, aren't you depressed? You know what? You you're you're probably Maybe, right. You're probably right. So, so, sometimes I'm wrong. I'm just I'm right about that. Yeah, <laughs> like I I I just. And and again, another another opportunity for you know that that unforced humor, that slight humor is just a small joke, you know. And we get the fight between Scott and Falcon, where of course we see in in future properties, Ant Man shrinking down into the into the tech and kind of ripping it up and malfunctioning things, and so he beats Falcon, flies away, and Sam jumps up. It's very important to me that Cap never finds out about this. And it's not that he, he wanted to, like, he, Scott didn't go there with the intention of fighting anybody. He just wanted to go in, get the item, leave. Right. But, like I said, with that growth in the relationship between all three of them, you see Hank and Hope's concern for Scott. You know, he's there. There's an Avenger here now. You're on an Avengers compound. There could be any number of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Get out of there. You need to leave. And Scott's like, nah, I got this. Hi, I'm Scott. Did he just say, hi, I'm Scott? <laughs> right? And afterwards, for him to be able to be successful in the mission, he earned their respect. Right. Hank is standing he, there chewing him out. He's like, what you did was stupid. It was reckless. You could have gotten yourself killed. You could have jeopardized this whole thing. Scott doesn't say anything. Reaches in his pocket, pulls it out. You got it. Scott's like, I got well, it. Hey, 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 don't don't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't say you reached in his pocket and pulled it out. That's that's misleading. <laughs> he reached in his pocket, pulled the mechanism out, and put it on the table. There's no way I can say that and it doesn't sound. <laughs> you know what? You watch the movie. You know what I'm talking about, audience. He pulled it out. <laughs> right so you put, put, it, put it on the table and so Hank was like, good work. <laughs> yeah, what else can you say? I got the mission done. I didn't get killed in his success. Um, Redcon, they say that uh, Falcon was talking to Natasha really? at that time, which I think okay. was odd because Captain America was around, but they say he was talking to Natasha on the radio. I mean, Cap could have been out on a mission. He could have been doing something. Possibly. Potentially. I just thought I would throw that in there. But here's the thing that I do want to say about this movie. Montage. We got a lot of training montages. Mm -hmm. which I think were actually great because inside those training montages, we got to know about the different types of ants, yep. which really didn't play a part into the movie. But at the same time, it, it, it showed that. I mean, it hey, did the for the, for the heist, for the whole heist portion of it. That's when the, all well, the ants kind of played. that it. could do different things. Right. Yeah. yeah the carpenter really ants, they build up the, the tower, which we saw in the Ant-Man trailer, how he himself built up a tower in order to reach something. Right. Right. And that's what I said. I think they went back to Ant Man 1 to make Ant Man 3. There's a lot of similar 
uh, things that we saw in right. Ant-Man 1 that plays a part into Ant-Man 3, with new elements as well, with the multiverse and multi-different versions of the Ant-Man uh, for making different decisions or however they're going to play that part. And then you see a lot of Ant-Man get destroyed. Um, again, huge, huge, huge laying the groundwork. So we get a lot of training montages, which I think are cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, simple tasks, jump, get small, go through the hole, come, come out, get big. Come out, small again, get big again. So even though we've seen him fail a couple of times, mm-hmm. when he nailed it, that was it. We we're done. He was like, exactly. Boom, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> and we're and we're and we're going on. The pacing for this movie I thought was good. Yeah. I thought the pacing was good, which was weird because in a lot of other places in the movie, we had weird pacing. Like there's some areas with Luis. He said something, and then the camera just kind of stayed on him. And the, he didn't say anything, but you just got these weird mannerisms in his face. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, what was okay. it? Okay, uh, what was this about? I mean, they did they did it at the end because he was like, the when of course when when Falcon is looking for Ant Man, it's like, did the crazy stupid fire chick tell a vendor to tell you because you know what type of me and was Ant Man? He was like, well, he said yes. And it just stays there on his face for like a good 15 <laughs> seconds. And he's like, yes. Uh, and then and it is. It's <laughs> just like, and I think, and I think, I, I, I think it was intentional because it's just, if you were, if you were having a conversation with Louise and he said something like that, I think that you would, that would be like your natural reaction. It's like, okay, you said this and I'm waiting on you to say something else. And I'm looking at you like, <laughs> and it's like, you, you're waiting for him to say something else and he just never does. Oh I mean, my system, God. <laughs> Great supporting characters. Absolutely. So, all the way around. Uh, so Ant-Man nails his training montage. And again, we've got a lot of uh, him tinkering with the suit, even to a point that he was telling Hank, hey, I think if you, you know, look at this regulator. Yeah, I think this regulator is holding me back. With this regulator. And then he goes into the point of giving him the explanation of the quantum realm. One of the most realistic reactions is, yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and leave this alone then <laughs> because... But all and, of what you say it sounds horrible. And what I love about it is that they, of course, throw out this lingo, right? It's like, don't mess with the regulator. You know, the regulators keep which uh, keeps you from shrinking into going into the quantum realm. And Scott is like, well, what does that mean? And it, at that point, Scott is the audience. Scott is us because they're saying all this stuff, and it was like. Uh, instead of him saying that and Scott being like, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll leave that alone, and then leaving the audience is like, well, what, well, why is that bad? What does that mean? We have Scott asking for us. Well, what does that mean? He explains a little bit further. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> it's like you will shrink forever and ever for all eternity. You're like, you know what? I'm just leaving this alone. You know what they say? If it ain't broke. If it ain't broke, don't Regulate is okay. Yeah. Not going to touch it. But these callbacks again, because obviously we've seen after the fight with Yellow Jacket, that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. And him knowing what happens, having a wherewithal to have the one last enlarging disc, putting it in the regulator, popping the regulator out, and just putting the, the, the disc in there, slapping it in, 
So thank two, God it saves the day he comes out of nowhere. Two things about that scene. One, like we talked about the callbacks, of course, Scott hears the story about what happened to Jet. Excuse me, what happened to Janet and having to you know, like turn off her regulator for the ICBM missile and because it was titanium shielding. So she had to go through the molecules because it's titanium. We get the fight with Yellow Jacket. Scott's trying to go into the machinery and Yellow Jacket. Darren says, you idiot, it's titanium. You can't break through it. Immediately he remembers titanium. I have to shrink between the molecules. So he cuts you off his regulator. have to do a long ass kick. Stop it. Not There's titanium. No... Titanium. <laughs> titanium with an M. Yeah. So we get that. So here, here's my thing about the, the Deus Ex Machina of the one enlarging disc being the be all end all to save the day and everything. Which he almost lost. Yeah. Which he almost like lost. It was, almost flew out of his hands. But so he's already shrinking like Infinitely, yes. Yeah, as awesome as I am. So this one enlarging <laughs> disc, he puts it in a regulator. How does it know when to stop? Right? Because you're, shrink you're shrinking infinitely. Right. right. And normally you have the PIM particles. We never saw him use the enlarging, any enlarging disc or anything to go back to regular size. It was, either, it was the pin particles. He had the regulator. So he's at regular size. He shrinks himself down. He hits it again. He comes back big. But it was always just the pin particles. It wasn't the it wasn't the enlarging disc. So he breaks the regulator. So obviously now he doesn't have that regulation of when to stop. He puts the enlarging disc in it. He hits the button. He comes back because we saw the regulator. He popped the regulator out and it was just, it floated away. And then he put the enlarging disc in it. So he gets big, but he goes back to his regular size. How does the suit know when to stop? There is a limit on it. There is a limit on it. Cause when you see when he hit the gnome, the gnome didn't just blow up to a point that it was the size of a building. True. It was like, Maybe three times size of, of the, what the gnome's size was. Right, but, but if he's, we also seen Thomas the tank engine go to a massive size, much bigger. Point that it, right, the the top the, the little train was smaller than the gnome, but it grew bigger than what the gnome did. So there's no right. consistency as into how much because he threw it at the ant. Okay, and so the ant grew the size of a large dog. If you want to do this, then we're going to actually have to break down the actual science behind him particles, I, and I'm, it makes not that no smart. sense. Because how smart. does if you're shrinking something down and it still has the weight of what you're supposed to be uh, explained by Janet that if you punch somebody too soft, it's a love tap too hard, and you kill them, mm -hmm. you're like a bullet. How is Hank still able to walk around with this tank on his keychain? Because it should it have still the weight, the weight of a tank. <laughs> Exactly. So we're just going to chalk that up to <laughs> magic. And if you actually stencil this you, along with my hand, you'll see that I'm not writing movie magic. I'm just doing nonsense. So movie magic, buddy. That's all I can say, Spider. And that's, that's what fair. it was. You just got to, you know, turn your brain off and look at this shrinking, larging tech. But, um, so we, we don't have to explain home. Like I say, it came out in 2015. The, the, everybody's seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, then, you know, <laughs> whatever. It's been wonder why you clicked this video. But, um, uh, 
the the one thing that we haven't discussed because we we talked about we talked about Scott we talked about his character we talked about the supporting characters the the comedy we talked about Hope and Hank but what we haven't talked about is Darren Cross Darren Cross and his performance as villain in this movie I um, my initial watchings I didn't really respect Darren Cross as a villain I thought that he was Ooh, wow. I thought I I just didn't think he was that great because it, it falls under the whole the whole trend of having the villain who has the same powers as the hero and how it's just a carbon copy I shrink you shrink but I also shrink but the only difference is I'm bad you know or my color scheme is different or you know oh I shrink but I also have lasers you shrink and you can control ants I shrink and I can control lasers but I also have a jetpack so it's like it's just these minor differences but at the same at the core of it is still the same power set right and so you know we, we got that with Iron Man and Iron Man we got that with Black Widow and Killmonger. We got that, you know, with it, it happens all the time in, in movies and everything. So aside from that, Corey Stoll's performance as Darren Cross. I upon this rewatch, I appreciate because he hit all of these like villain tropes, you know, of mm-hmm. uh, the narcissist, the egomaniac. The person who you get to see his slow descent into madness, right? Because obviously he's been working on this tech. He's trying to get himself. Now, what they did say uh, that kind of didn't mesh up was that, you know, shrinking without the helmet can have a negative effect on a person's mental well-being. That's what Hank said. Right. And so Darren never shrank himself without a suit. And so when we get to that final scene where there's this confrontation, we see, you know, Hydra comes in, Donovan, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, the guy that Hank punched in the beginning of the movie. Or not punch, but yeah. slammed his slammed his face <laughs> into the table. You know and how I, quick you gotta be to grab somebody behind their neck and slam their head into a desk? He did it. He, he was. He was. <laughs> Hank was younger then. Hank was younger yeah. then. Um, you but, mean, but I love the. Man. I love the. I love the callback when they see each other again for the first time. It's like Hank it was like, you know, I, I forgot what uh, um what Mitchell asked him, and he, Hank was like, "How's your face?" And he was like, mm. and he walked off. But we we get into that scene where they're all in. The, um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you get away from that. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna pick up the situation because he did pick up the he picked up the, the, the yellow other... jacket particle things? Well, it's the juice or yeah. it's the suit because they the have mass productions of the suit. No, it was only one they suit so far. Him for the juice. It was only one okay. suit. He sold. He they they bought. They paid for him to make suits for them. They hadn't got but the suits yet. But yeah, yeah he's he, like they don't run on diesel. Right, you gotta have to come to me for the juice. Right, and so they since he, they no, the since they wiped all the hard drives and everything, they don't have the the information to mass produce the suits. And then the last suit that he was wearing shrunk with him into the quantum realm, and also all he has is just a vial of the juice. So are we going to do like Thanos has did when he got the pin particle juice and reverse engineer it? Reverse engineer this. I don't know. Could be possible. 
I just I, I can't I can't if there is an MF4. You cannot leave this plot thread just right there. They might. Mm, Marvel, well, don't do it. Unless it comes back into playing like another franchise or another movie or something. I don't know. This is true too, but you need somebody that can shrink down because you're gonna have shrinking people to deal with it. Right. But so we get into that scene with with all of them and they're confronting Hank and you know Ant Man's caught. He's in the little uh the little suit like containment area. And so Darren is getting ready to kill Hank or ordering Hank to be killed, and Hope is telling him, you know, this isn't you. The suit is affecting your mind. But to that... Which before then, he has never put the suit on. As far as we know, he's never put the suit on. But even if he did have the suit on and he was like practicing shrinking to make sure it worked and make sure he survived, it's still, Hank said that without the helmet, the helmet is the one that protects your, you know, your consciousness, your intellect, your brain or whatever. But so maybe that if... Darren was wearing the suit if his helmet wasn't designed the same way that Hank's helmet was designed then maybe that could have had an effect on his you know his mental capacity but like you said we never saw him put the suit on but well, something had to be going on the man was going to kill Hank Pym in front of his own daughter well he wasn't going to kill him he wasn't going to kill him in front of her he said he came to the house ready to kill Hank but he didn't because Hope was there. She was, yeah. But he was about to kill him in front of her right then, oh, right there. Yeah. So clearly unstable. Yes, clearly unstable. Something's going on. And so we know that there was a, because waffles. Because Louis was, <laughs> was always making waffles. After you would let Louise make him some waffles, he wouldn't have had these, been all these right. visions. But we saw that there was a good bit of time because because of the different training montages and we saw I I basically I based it off of how many times we saw Hope change clothes because we saw like all of the different times that you know Scott was trying to jump through the keyhole every time he hit the door Hope had on a different outfit so it was I like I appreciate that yeah and it, and it gives you a little bit more of a bearing as to like okay these are actually multiple days that have passed by so. Yeah. We know that even after he built the little containment, uh, he built the little containment thing for the sheep, and he was able to shrink the sheep inside the little containment box. We know that that was like the point to where okay, now he can uh, shrink organic matter, and so I would think that that's when he started using the suit and started shrinking himself then to like prepare himself for this presentation or whatever. So there was still some days after that where he could have like slowly descended into becoming crazy. Yeah, she did come back and say, well, now we have days versus right. months. And just mm -hmm. to show how much of a dick Mr. Cross was, even though he shrank the sheep, he still plucked it. Yeah. Which... <laughs> why? Like, yeah, because I'm a dick. That's why. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this movie. I don't think we're, uh, I don't think it, you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think. We had a, a lot of other movies that had uh, grander stakes, mm -hmm. and it there's nothing to take away from Ant Man. It just kind of pushed it further down the MCU list. Right. But I think you need to go ahead and put Ant Man in your top tier, man. I think you need to stop saying he's a V, less C, less type of celebrity. 
as far as, you know, heroes. I'm not saying he's C-list. I'm just saying that because, like you said, because of his power set, because you have a world ending threat, like, okay, before... You think about it, before Ant-Man could become Giant-Man, you put him in the Avengers, you put him in Age of Ultron, how helpful could he be? Extremely. Can he? Yeah. You know, he's already shown his first movie, he can go inside the suits and start breaking them apart from the inside. Right, but and when you... He can when... actually his ants in there and do the same thing. And that's the thing. Oh, come on. Because... After this movie, and I'm going to have to rewatch Ant-Man and the Wasp, I feel like they stepped away from the whole controlling ants aspect. That's what I want to get into as well, because mm-hmm. it's not prevalent in the second one. And we could talk that, about that more in our rewatch when we do Ant-Man and the Wasp next week. But that's what's missing in the Ant-Man movie. More right, ants. That we makes, need more that ants. Makes, that makes Ant-Man Ant-Man. Other than that, he's just shrinking man. Right. This is an Adam Smasher. This is Ant-Man. We right. need more ants. We need more kind of ants, more species of ants, and they're they're kind of getting away from the ants and more towards the family dynamic. But do you want to see Cassie? Even as stature, she doesn't control ants. No. She just shrinks and grows. grows. We need more Ant-Man with ants. I mean, I when Anthony got shot, I felt that. <laughs> because, again, you had Scott Lang saying, I'm not going to call him 247 or 248 or 7. Mm-hmm. He gave him a name. He said, I'm going to call you Anthony. He's feeding him water <laughs> droplets. He got it's, that personal it's, connection. His name is 247. Scott, there are thousands of ants. It doesn't have a name. It has a number. Calling him Anthony, and he ruled Anthony like he was his best friend, and then he got shot. He says, "You're going to regret that," and he was serious. He didn't well, immediately rename the new Ant. He's like, "Okay, you're Anthony now." <laughs> how like, I'm going to precise. And again, this will probably have to go into the science of everything. How precise <laughs> for a bullet to hit true. the ant, but not hit Ant Man. It could have grazed like the bottom half because he got thrown. If you go back and watch and I, that frame by frame, that bullet hit Anthony square in the face. <laughs> like, no lie. That bullet hit Anthony straight in the face and it, it popped Ant-Man off of him to where he flipped and flew onto an, and landed on another ant. But no, that bullet hit Anthony like square I, I right here. I don't think Darren Cross... I don't think he was using any type of targeting. No, mechanism. absolutely I think he not. He was just shooting, shooting <laughs> just shooting flying ball. ants. That's all he was doing. He's just shooting at flying ants. And in the middle of night, so I can't see gnats in the daytime. The man was <laughs> unhinged. The man was unhinged. But it was like, but what I was uh, just going back to like all of the villain tropes and everything when he and uh, Hope were like out to dinner and he was kind of like telling her like you know this is how far we've come and all this other kind of stuff. 
the just a line of you know i had this thought when i was doing my morning meditation and that's just like that's a line that somebody who is like a stereotypical bad guy is like oh i do all this healthy stuff i'm on a juice cleanse i do my morning yoga and i meditate it's like oh look how healthy and sane i am Zen i am right <laughs> right only to the- like at the end of the movie he, he's he's like chaotic and one thing i will <laughs> I will say that uh, something that goes unappreciated and you probably didn't notice the 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 level of talent that goes into the different screams that they had in this movie. It wasn't a lot, but when they did when they did happen, they were greatness. Because when Yellow Jacket was stuck into the bug zapper and like the electricity brought him back alive, he let out like this horror type scream. Yeah. like coming back to life and then when Paxton went in the house and the aunt was coming down the stairs and he saw it and he let out this high pitched scream and it's like yeah, that's crazy. just I, it's just it's small and it's stupid but it's something that I appreciate about the movie because just oh, even God. with those two I enjoyed the scream so much special effects in the model when he was getting shot at special effects on the train fight sequence the comedy between the train fight sequence oh yeah it was hilarious uh thomas the tank engine running over yellow jacket i wish they wouldn't have put it in a trailer i wish they would have left that part out of the trailer and just let that be in the movie because if not i mean even that that's probably like one of the greatest parts of the movie but i think if they left it out of the trailer and that would have been a reveal in the movie that would have just been like that would have truly been like the best part of the movie I don't know. I was pretty hammered by uh, the fight scene inside the briefcase with the lifesavers and the iPhone. And oh, yeah. Here's what I do want to see, which I know I probably never will see. And if we ever saw it, I wish I can just go back to this video, but I'll probably forget. <clears throat> uh, the helicopter. Mm-hmm. Where did that Pilot go? Pilot died. <laughs> Co-pilot died. They fell out of the uh, helicopter inside of the briefcase. The I would love gone. to see... I would love to see a hero actually come and, and catch part that. of their origin story, catch that helicopter and like really just put it down or stop it from something. Because there's not many heroes in San Francisco. No. There's Shang-Chi and Ant-Man. Ant-Man and the West Coast Avengers that'll come later on. But the, uh, there's not really many established. They're really no, not only established at in, that uh, point in time. At that point in time, I don't yeah, think there's anybody to catch that helicopter. And that's what I'm saying. If you want to tie into these small parts and give me somebody in San Fran that say, oh my God, that helicopter is it's clearly on fire and smoking. And, and like, you just see, my like you see a shot. briefcase in a distance with like little lasers popping out of it and it just falls. <laughs> you'll know exactly when that was. Right. And it's like, cool. I like this guy because he saved people and clearly those pilots are dead. But at the same time, he stopped this helicopter from crashing into a building or well, a I think, house or I think only one of the pilots died because I think one of the pilots got shot in the head. So I think that one... And the other one got died. laser. The other, no, well, the other one got laser, but he only got laser like right through the shoulder. So I don't think he died. If he he may have died in a crash if that helicopter didn't get saved, but I don't think he I don't think he died from the laser shot. Bring Nova in like he was visiting. He's like, oh look a helicopter. It's maybe I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I thought some of the fight scenes were some of the cooler fight scenes, and like I said, mm-hmm. the comedy aspect of it. 
they didn't have to put the cell phone in there to play the, the soundtrack. To play the music, yeah. But it's like, how do you get music in the fight scene? <laughs> have it like oh, be part of the actual scene. Exactly. And then they had this nice African-American family. It looked like they were uh, grilling sataki mushrooms or just, something. Just, just, you know, just having Not a nice barbecue out by the pool, playing some ping pong. Next thing you know, this guy comes creepy out the pool. And then Ant-Man shows up. He's like, hi! <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, takes, he takes the ping pong paddle, swats Yellow Dragon into the, into the, the freaking bug zapper. bug zapper. And then he just turned around. It's okay. <laughs> like, ah. like this is crazy. I'm out of here. It makes and it's the, those type of reactions, those real reactions, is not yeah. like, oh hey dude, what's going on? Right. Hey, it's just, it's you like, know, it's like, I just saw I this. Going on. I'm just out of here. This man grow into the pool and then shrink back down. Now this other man grew out of nowhere. Popped the other one into the bug zapper and just like, what is happening? Uh, <laughs> we gotta get to see that in the next one. But yeah, it just <clears throat> yeah, Darren Cross is just I. I appreciate him more as a villain now. I get to like actually like listen to him. It's like yeah, I feel like on the, of course on the rewatches you always get to you know get a little bit more context into what the villain is saying, being able to listen and understand because you're not taking in everything for the first time. Um, but just like hearing him and that that moment between Darren and Hank. And it was like, well, why did you, you know, you know, why me? And Hank's like, I don't know what you mean. He's like, all those years ago, you picked me. Why? And Hank was like, because I saw myself in you. And he's like, well, why did you push me away? And you can see like the pain in his face. It was like, you were my mentor. I looked up to you and then you just abandoned me. He was like, well, why did you push me away? Because I saw too much of myself in you. And it's like, oh, yeah. right here right? in the heart. Not not to mention you're a dick. So <laughs> there's, there's nothing about Darren Cross that doesn't have I'm a dick written on it. Like you said, no. from your morning meditation to your day-to-day, you probably made Hope pay for the dinner. Probably. He's a dick. He's, he's a dick. He does dick things and dick-type moves. And, like, nobody wants to be around a dick. Who just walks into a person's house? It's like, Darren, what are you doing here? You left the front door open, Hank. It's official. You're old. It was like, so still. not only do you do a, a V&E, breaking and entering, you're going to install me as you well? Didn't, you didn't announce yourself? You Because I know you had to hear them talking in the back. Yeah, that's how you do hope was there. Right. And it was like, then like, knock, knock. Hey, I'm in the living room. Just not. Nah, he just in the living room, just looking through, just pro. Every time he called Hank to the office, it's to gloat. Right. Seriously, to gloat. (laughs) And it's like, look at what I'm doing. You know, we could have did this together, but you abandoned me. So look what I'm doing. Right. I'm selling the Hydra. They're not what they used to be. First of all, shout out for that line. (laughs) The villain, you're like, I just want to sell the Hydra. Right. It's like, dude, we know they're horrible. That's the old stuff. You're just trying to work this out. And then, of of course, because of the eagle-eyed viewers, we see that, you know, one of the guys that was working with Mitchell, supposedly from Hydra, had the Ten Rings tattoo on his neck. You know, because it's all connected. Right. It's all connected. And it's just so, it's just so funny, like, when... Because I know that 
excuse me. I know that That's back then when <laughs> when Ant Man first came out, we didn't have as many like content creators doing like deep dives into you know all Easter of the and Easter eggs and all this other kind of stuff. So I don't think it was until like fairly recently that we got phase three. Phase. Uh, in the phase two, uh, beginning of phase three. Well, this was the end of phase two. But I don't think yeah. we really got the realization of that connection until like somewhere in the middle of like the end of phase three, maybe beginning of phase four. That's when people like were able to go back and see, like rewatch it and was like, oh shit, I didn't, nobody even noticed that he had a 10 rings tattoo on his neck. I noticed, I noticed in the theater. I noticed. Oh, well, you're better than me because I sure didn't. How many other people noticed in our show? All the little subtleties and Easter eggs that we do. Because I don't notice half of them and I'm in a video, so I don't blame I you if you miss it. I blame you. Go back and watch. Listen. <laughs> but overall, uh, if we if we're giving Ant Man the treatment that we give every movie that we review we on to. all things super, we have to ask the question. Twenty fifteen. Ant-Man starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stahl. Is it super? Goddamn right it's super. Goddamn right it's super. <laughs> For the time, enjoyable then, enjoyable now as a rewatch. And we actually talked about this in many different conversations. What constitutes you want to rewatch uh, a great a great movie? Again, uh, there's some questionable pacing, but other than that, other everything is enjoyable. There's some misleads, there's some Easter eggs, there's some foolery that doesn't make sense. Chalk that up to movie magic. Mm -hmm. And then there's some elements that are just sci-fi action-y. And I, I love a heist movie. I just do. I love a heist movie. I think we got away from the heist aspect in Ant-Man 2. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna watch that, rewatch that to, to to get a more concise review on it next week. So if you haven't Set your calendar to tune in for that. Set it now. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button while you're doing it. They even that. called out and the then, heist. Did you think you can stop me with a heist? It was never just a heist. Right? And it, the fact that they have people that close to the explosion have it explode and then go inward into right. implosion. So no one got hurt. Ant-Man. Did anyone get hurt? So... I know, I know, I know you're, you're, well, you're got really shot. Giving, well, hang got shot. Yeah. But I'm saying, so, and this was one thing when I was watching this, I wanted to bring this up. So we got the brief, uh, and it, like we said, the callbacks are so good. The brief, just like line where Scott's getting, Scott, not, not that one. That one was another funny one. Oh. Scotty needs our help. We got to go help him. They pull up and do nothing but cops. Nothing's going to stop us. <laughs> back it up. Just go ahead and back, back it up. Back it up. Back it up. I think there's back a lot up. of improv in this. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. But no, the one line when Scott's getting out of jail, Louise picked him up and he's like, oh, well, what happened to your hate, your face? He was like, oh, you know, peachy going away, you know, to going away, uh, ritual is like you know i couldn't knock him out and so louise said i'm the only one to ever knock peachy out and so we see when they're doing their heist everybody that louise punches immediately knocks them out, out every single time so right. louise got a louise got some got them hands, <laughs> got them hands. Thank, thank, thank you dumb if you won't try to run up on louise so i should <laughs> knock you out but the thing about it is when they're leaving the building we see them running out before the explosion is about to go off 
There are two guys shooting at Scott. Luis knocks both of them out. Saves Scott. Scott is like, you got to get out of here. The bomb's about to go off. And Luis is like, are we the good guys? He's like, it feels kind of weird, right? <laughs> oh, we're the good guys. We're not trying to, you know, steal from people and stuff. Before Luis leaves, there is the head of security. You know, oh, what are you doing here? Boss man said the security area, so I'm securing it. He's like, well, I'm the boss. And so he knocks him out, takes his clothes, right? He stops to go get that guy and pull him out of the building. The other two guys that he just knocked out, were they still in there? <laughs> or did somebody else get them out? So that's what I'm saying. You said nobody got hurt. I know those two guys were still knocked out. I don't think Luis went back in and got them because we saw Luis coming out with the guy that he took his clothes. What about those other two dudes? They're and the all the other room. people that got beat up They're... in the like the little uh in the suit room. They're in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantavania. <laughs> <laughs> They're all struck it down so, in the quarter yeah, room. Part of the resistance. And they're not mentally. You know uh, what? We saw. We, their, we uh, saw all the different. Song. We saw all those different, like little people and figures and stuff in the quantum realm. That could hmm. be some of the people. On all things super, <laughs> we are giving y'all the stuff that y'all didn't even know y'all needed. Now you know how those people got there. Right. The people that just got shrunk down uh, inside this building, and they oh came out and they seen Janet. And they were like, I know your husband. <laughs> I got beef with your husband. And then Hank's going to the quantum realm. They're going to be like, yeah, Mr. Pym, let's go. <laughs> like, it's going to be a whole Wanda Thanos thing. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I work for you. Yeah, it's a Quentin Beck type of situation because I worked at your company. Now I got right. drunk for all eternity. And, it, and again, again, that's what you're saying. How do we know to stop shrinking once you hit the quantum realm? Mm -hmm. Aren't you continuously shrinking after that? Or is that just you can't shrink any further down? Don't know. Yeah. Movie <laughs> <laughs> magic. There you go. Spider, Ant-Man, the Ant-Man, not mm. Ant-Man and the Wasp, not nope. Quantum Mania, just the OG Ant-Man phase two ending. Uh Super? Was it super? Is it super? Yeah, Can absolutely. It super? It's it's absolutely super. It was it was a fun rewatch. I forgot how funny this movie was. You know, the and man uh, Paul Rudd is always appreciated. Paul Rudd has just any almost just about any other comedy movies that I've seen Paul Rudd in. He's always delightful. He's always great. And seeing him as a superhero, we every time we get to see Paul Rudd, we get to see him in all of the Ant-Man movies, Civil War, we've seen him in Endgame. He still, even though when his role is reduced to where he's, you know, the, he, stereotypically the comic relief, but it's still that he's more than just a comic relief. He still adds, you know, some heart, some wonder. We saw like in, in, in Endgame, the excitement that he had, you know, when they were talking about the Infinity Stones and all of this is new to him. Like he's part of the Avengers now. So he's learning about all of the stuff that they went through that he didn't have a part of. Because like we said before, everything is normally localized to New York. So we get, you know, for from... Scott Lane's perspective, he could, you know, read about it or see it on the news or anything like that. But to hear about it firsthand from the heroes who are a part of it, he's just like, 
like a kid, you right. know, story time. Right. He's so excited about everything. And, and it's it like, was him. What kind of hope gave him his tacos after right. he lost his tacos when the Venetar landed? That was, uh, Nebula did that on purpose. E- either Nebula or Rocket, one of them, they did it on purpose. I don't deny purpose. Either one of those individuals would definitely fit that mold, yeah. Rudy. They probably turn a thrusters extra on. Rudy, be careful on re-entry. There's an idiot in the landing zone. You know, and then War Machine drop in. What's up, regular size man? It was like, why are they giving us so much shit? It's not fair. Ant Man doesn't deserve this. <laughs> ah. Yeah, he's but gonna you, die. you you gotta understand that you know Rhodey and and Ant Man have a little bit of beef because of in Civil War Ant Man grew big and like grabbed him by the leg. He's like, oh, Tiny Man is big now, you know. So they got their little beef going and, on between and them. Threw him and threw and, him and, and, and threw him. Spider Man caught him. Yeah, before he got uh smashed into that goddamn plane. And then he smashed into but, the ground yeah. about two minutes later. But I mean, Ant Man is Ant Man is a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> but no, Ant Man is absolutely super. It was a great rewatch, and you know, it, it's always fun rewatching these movies and re- like finding that love for the for the movie again. And it's it's not one that you're like, oh, I just watched it. I want to rewatch it again. But it's this is one that you can say, oh, I haven't watched Ant Man in a while. I can stand to watch Ant Man and you know laugh a little bit and enjoy it, even though you know, of course, what's going to happen. It's still enjoyable. It's still yeah. funny, you know. Yeah. But no, it was great. It was a great rewatch. I'm, I am absolutely glad that we did this. Right. And if you didn't do it. But then you need to watch it and then come back and watch us. Right. Or exactly. if you could just watch us. Oh, you already watched watch us and you hear how much that we enjoyed watching Ant Man again. You're like, you know what? Maybe I should watch Ant Man again. You absolutely should watch Ant Man again. Get some close friends or loved ones. Sit down, get popcorn or tacos and watch Ant Man. Get tacos and watch Ant Man. Make waffles. Make waffles and watch Ant Man. There you go. There you go. Look at you. <laughs> Waffle Man. Not Waffle Man. No, not Waffle Man. <laughs> but let us know if you did rewatch Ant-Man or if you even have fond memories of Ant-Man. Let us know what you think about Ant-Man in the comics. Let us know what you think about Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, all the people who started in Ant-Man. No, who's uh, going to win out of the Wasp and Black Widow? Let us know who would win out of the Wasp and Black Widow. I already know my answer. Um, but yeah. Be the wasp. No, absolutely not. Um, she can control mutants. You can't, she can't control ants. Does she have the thing in her, her helmet to control ants? Like we said, uh, Ant-Man, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about Ant Man and the Wasp next week. We'll get into that and we'll revisit this whole question about the ants. Are the ants going to make a return? But if you like the video, go ahead, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell so you can be notified when we have new episodes that come out. If you want the audio version of the podcast, just search for All Things Super on any of your major podcast streaming platforms. And if you want to join in on the conversation, just tweet at us at ATSuperPod. And we like reading the comments. We like reading the comments. So go to the comments and leave one. Leave more than one. There's no judgment here. We want to leave as many comments as you want. Don't spam the comments. If you want to leave the comment, make sure that each one is a little bit different. But we'll still read all. Say hi. I want waffles (laughs) and tacos. Ooh, usually the waffle waffle taco. taco.
See, great minds think alike. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week with our rewatch and review of Ant Man in a while. So go watch it. Join us so you can be a part of the conversation as well. But until then, we appreciate you, and we'll see you in the next episode.